the Professionally Speaking Podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Professionally Speaking Podcast. On this episode of the podcast, I was fortunate enough to invite Jez Cartwright, professional performance coach and facilitator at Jez Cartwright Limited. He was kind enough to give us a half hour of his time, and we explored some topics such as uh, what he does every day, how he helps individuals, teams, and organizations level up their performance, and ultimately what you can do to level up your performance in your own role. I was very excited to have him on, and I know many of my clients have been asking about performance coaching, so without any further ado, we give you the interview with Jez Cartwright. Hi, everyone. My name is Ryan Warner. I'm the director and executive coach at Professional Presentation Services here today with Jez Cartwright, who is the coach, catalyst and facilitator for Jez Cartwright Limited. Jez, thank you for coming on today. Pleasure. My pleasure, Ryan. Great to be here. Excellent. So, yeah, what I've done just for the listeners out there is uh, over my time as as a coach, I've come across a number of clients who have inquired about performance coaching. And I had a number of questions over the years that I've collected and I'm fortunate to have met Jez a little while ago and he has kindly offered to shed some insight into what he does and how he can add some value as a performance coach to individuals, teams, and full organizations as I understand it. Is that right, Jez? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's um a varied a varied way of getting here and and some of the work that I do and it's happy to share sort of my thoughts on some of the questions that you've raised and through our conversations and delighted to delighted to help all right perfect yeah it's gonna be a good conversation so i've been looking forward to this for for well through the last weekend for sure first question i have and i'm personally interested as well a lot of people have asked me what is a performance coach can you Mm. yeah can you give us some detail Sure. I mean, for, for me, where I come from and my background, um, originally having sort of come from the sports world, was a performance coach is about helping people be better at what they do. And it, I leave it as broad as that when I when I talk about it, because people have a, a usually a perception of what a performance coach is. And I certainly don't want to get into the definitions of of that too much when people are coming with their own their own understanding. Um, one of the things that I have found myself doing, especially over the last sort of few months, is I say to people, have you watched the show Billions on TV? And they go, yeah, I've watched that. And I say, I'm Wendy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Wendy is the performance coach, in-house performance coach for one of the hedge funds that is depicted in the uh, series Billions. And everybody goes, oh, that makes a lot more sense now. Um, but if, if they're unaware of that, I just talk about what what teams are usually behind very successful athletes, and they have a whole host of teams that are, are dedicated and focused on purely helping that athlete be better at what they do and and, and perform at the highest levels and, and ultimately win. So um, that that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> I hope that hope that makes sense and gives some context. Yeah, for sure. And the first time you mentioned that to me in our one of our earlier conversations that really stood out for me. I found that very profound to think of it in that in that manner that professional athletes who operate at the highest level in their respective sports, mm-hmm. they have a number of, you know, coaches, nutritionists, you know, a, a weight and conditioning, uh, strength and conditioning coaches. So why would we kind of rid ourselves of those in business? It's it's so funny, you know, having, I mean, I've very been, been privileged to work with some of the, the best athletes in the world who've won gold medals at the Olympics and, and, and the like. And I, 
I'm amazed about their sort of maniacal focus on on being better at what they do, and they will go down to anything just to give them that slight advantage. Yet, for somehow in business, we seem to forget that logic. We we think we can do it by ourselves, and maybe maybe it's our ego or our pride that stops us looking and or asking for that help. Yet, if we think about how we've evolved as, as who we are. You know, we've had teachers along the way. That's why we go to school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, to learn and, and work out how to do things. And and yet there's this sort of barrier to sometimes asking for help and, or seeking that mentorship and, and that slight advantage to just to get ahead and, and, and do do what you want to do, which is ultimately be better at what you do. And Because I've never met anybody yet who doesn't enjoy being really good at what they do. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. That's a great explanation. Thank you for that. Pleasure. The next question I was dying to ask you is, I know you kind of mentioned this briefly in terms of you make people better at what they do, but if someone were to, in an organization, say they want to bring you in to help them, what could they expect from you? What 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 would that look like from their perspective? It's really coming in to understand what's going on in the organization and what the exam question is. Is it, we've got a problem? Is it we just want to get better? And, and, and it's really understanding their appetite for, for what they want to get out of it. I find it really interesting when, when people go, oh, well, could you come and help us with this thing over here? And you walk in the front door and you realize it's something over here that needs to get addressed. <laughs> um, so, so part of it is, is, is being that detective and sort of searching for the clues. Other times it's you've got to be the diplomat because everybody knows what the problem is but nobody wants to talk about it. And so it's how do, you, how do you talk about this elephant in the room that people have known that's existed for a long time, but people just don't know how to have that conversation. And, and it's, it's working out that way to have the conversation, whether it's, whether it's the CEO or the, you know, the head of a business unit. But it's, uh, the thing that I do is really get to understand what the core issue is and what's the real problem, not just what's, what's showing up on the surface. It's really understanding the full deep impact. And I warn people uh, ahead of time that they may not like the, might not like the answer, but I don't get paid to be liked. I get paid to actually help people deliver. So <laughs> there's the word of warning. <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. I imagine that that probably happens more often than some people expect, right? They, they as you said on the surface, they probably see a symptom of you know Mm. and they might think okay we're going to bring in an expert to help us with this symptom but through your process of diagnosis you realize oh there's actually an underlying issue you know there are plenty of consultants out there that will keep treating the symptoms to me i i just think that's unfair on on the community that you end up working with Um, and i don't really like using the word unfair but it's i i want to be committed to really bringing uh, change that will last and have the impact that that really has the impact that the business and and the individuals want and need how difficult that might be (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just as you're as you're speaking i'm thinking to myself you must see a range of different issues that you have to diagnose and then decide what's the best way to intervene or to shed light on it and then resolve Mm -hmm. it you probably have to wear many hats in, in a given day right Definitely. And it's, um, I've, I've uncovered some really interesting things. I think of one business where I had to basically play back 
some feedback and I did a team assessment with the top team and and the problem was the CEO and tactfully because it was within a partnership had to get the CEO to step down but make it his idea <laughs> as a result of the feedback you can imagine how that lunch went <laughs> <laughs> and I remember one of the other other members of the partnership rang me up and went I don't know how you did it but thank you and and they still remain to be a, a great friend and and uh and client to this day so wow that that's impressive that's a skill in itself right being able to talk about delicate matters if you will with mm. people who you anticipate might not be warm to your assessment or advice right that's must have taken you some time and, to develop yeah and no, listen I, when i started the business i was probably sort of gung-ho and but i realized that you have to do it delicately and respect the person because ultimately they probably have an inkling that they may be the problem and that's quite a hard reality for a lot of people to to get their heads around it's not always the case it's actually people aren't necessarily honest in their conversations around this these sorts of topics and it's finding the way in to hopefully you can ignite this person and in a way where they they realize it they own it and they do something about it to change because there's a reason why these people are in this position and there's usually a lot of great things around that and there's just a few things that 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 stop that and from being as good as it can be so just by working with that that's the piece that if you unlock it that's worth its weight in gold as I, as I quite rightly remind some of my clients <laughs> you using the words like tactfully and delicately and respectfully i'm sure those are kind of priorities in your line of work i would imagine yeah, definitely. I mean, look, we 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 all get to the stage in um, places in our lives that we do, and unfortunately, we've not necessarily had the care and concern along the way, or the best coaching to help us get there. And we just got to work with that and and work with it, and just realize how can we we work effectively to get things sorted out. And it's life's tough, um, but I think you know I always remember the best teachers. And, and mentors that I've had would be the ones that have really shown they care about me and that that's got the best out of me. So I, I, I use some of those skills that I've learned along the way to work with my clients, because again, it goes back to this thing. If you can help people really get into the stuff that they're really good at and enjoy, they'll never look back and you help them get rid of the stuff in a nice way, in a way that, that, that speaks to them and, and people respond. Yeah, for sure. I imagine they would. That's great to hear. Question that I've been thinking about for a while, how to frame it. And I guess <laughs> I, was, I was mulling it over in my mind just as you were finishing your thought there. But I guess what would be, I'm not sure if you can you can share this information or not, but what would be your most requested service that, that people you know, secure your services for? It's, it's a mix. Sometimes it's a desire to help a star performer in an organization who clearly got the talent but is a nightmare to, to 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 deal with or is causing a bit of an upset at the executive team but more often than not it's working with the team and the ceo or the senior leader to help them raise the bar again people people sit on a in a landscape within the executive world and they know where the things are but how do you how do you help the team face into some of these uh, conversations tactfully because at the end of the day it's not my business it's theirs Mm -hmm. And I want them to have the conversations. And if you can help them train those muscles to, to enable them to have the conversations, 
in a different way, then th that's that's the ultimate end goal. And I'm just there as the as the as the coach, as the reflector, as the facilitator to go. Come on, let, let, let's have the real conversation. And you've got to you've got to read what's going on in the room. And some people have got guess what? They've got a whole bunch of stuff going on outside of work mm -hmm. that's, that's causing a lot of hassle. And how do you you tactfully face into that to help help the team really start raising the bar and and, and be a highly effective and highly productive team? Yeah, it's so intriguing uh, for me personally, as, as you're speaking, I imagine that, right? You have to work with people who, as you said, they may be high performers, but they have other things happening in their lives that, you know, might be affecting their personality or how they, you know, interact with coworkers and colleagues and such. And, you know, it's difficult for them to have that conversation with another, with someone from inside the company. Right. So yeah, yeah it makes sense. Well, it's, it's, it's people think it's a vulnerability and, you know, people go, well, uh, I'm completely different outside of work. I went, Oh, well, you, you're a nice person outside of work. I, right? um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, but it, we can never fail not to communicate. We're always communicating stuff that's going on. And the ones who sort of try and hide it the most are usually the ones sort of causing themselves, unbeknownst to themselves, probably more more hassle than they, they, they knew in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's really interesting how, how that came to fruition for you. How did you end up where you are from? Like, what made you want to get into this? And then was it like a, a decision? that when you were young, I want to be a performance coach, or was it like an evolution of, of uh, progression? Well, I think, I think when I was younger, I don't think the profession of a performance coach even existed, but I, I, I loved sport and, and, and I, I was always fascinated. What made this person much better than this person? And was it, was it skill? Was it their mindset? Was it how they behave? You know, what was it? And, and, and I think that that always fascinated me. And, I loved sport and I wanted, a, I was keen to work in sport. So I set up a business that worked with elite athletes. And I, of course, at 22, I, I knew pretty much nothing, but you don't know that when you're 22. Um, but my head of department, the professor, he handed me the keys to the department. He said, look, you're the kind of guy who could set up his own business, use the department and off you go. And my first client was the, the Great Britain diving team, the guys who flip off the, the 10 meter platform into the water without making a splash and unfortunately back in 1994 they were diving in the water and they were making a very big splash so I had to kind of sort of politely kind of say to them the Chinese and the Americans they're going into the water without making a splash what's the difference so we changed the, the approach to British diving and, and Tom Daly is a, is a product of, of how they changed the whole system many years later we won the gold medal uh, in the Olympics and then I, I, it's it's working out which bits work, which bits don't. What can you change? And and sometimes what's the obvious that's staring you in the face that people don't want to see? And, I, and I've always sort of carried on that philosophy. And I ended up I'd set up a different type of business. And I was talking to a, a, a gentleman and and realised that I had to ask him a key question. And and I it suddenly something switched in him when I asked him the question. And he said, "You should do this as a business." And I'd already been thinking about it within the business world so i set up my first coaching company back in uh, 2003 and i used the same approach i did with the work i did in professional sport to the coaching work and it's just being focused on you know what are you what are you what are you aiming for here what's the, the result you're really after and how how prepared are you to really put in the effort to make that change 
And I want to look at people on a deep level so that they can help them understand themselves about where they help themselves and where they trip themselves up and get in the way. Because I think if you can give people those tools, so much more can be achieved. Yeah. I remember in our, one of our earlier conversations, you mentioned that you do deep work as you, you referred mm -hmm. to it, I believe. And I thought about it. I thought about it for a couple of days and I thought to myself, it makes sense in the fact that I'm sure you could do some surface stuff that people will tell you, yeah, you're right. Yeah. I, need, I know I need to do this instead. I know I should be doing that, but what's stopping them. Right. And that's probably what you drill down to. Am I, am I right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, look, we're, whether we like it or not, my belief is we're all products of our upbringing, um, the good bits and the not so good bits. And, and unfortunately, part of our upbringing for, for many of us were, were our parents. And I was working with a, an executive recently, she, very talented lady. And I said, right, you know, this is, this is my approach. And lots of resistance, oh, this got nothing, you know, how has this got anything to do with my, my work? And, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then I got a text from her recently just saying, um, sorry, I've been out of contact. A couple of things that have come up, which quite clearly relate back to all that stuff you were saying about my mum. You could just see, oh, the penny's dropped. You know, this guy's right. I've, and she's open to it. You know, that's a part of it. And it's our learnings that we had as a child that, that do create that software program. And I say to people, imagine if you were working with a computer that you'd got given on the first day that you were born. Imagine what it would be like if that software hadn't been updated. Mm -hmm. We'd be pretty frustrated because, you know, everybody's got these fancy phones and da -da -da -da. Yeah. And yet, when do we get a chance to update our software? We just keep writing more software on the top of it. Mm -hmm. Suddenly the system, it knows where it wants to go. Now, sometimes that's not the best solution for us. And, and it, what I like to say to people is, look, come in, let, let's, let's, let's work together and update the software. Let's work out the bits that work and let's work out the bits that don't. Mm -hmm. Because if we can change that stuff, then you can really make a, a leap forward. Um, and that, that to me is, is just the richness and the, and the joy of doing the work that I do. Oh, yeah, I imagine it. I imagine it's tremendously rewarding just from the, the few stories you, you shared. And based off that last story, I want to ask, do you work with more teams and organizations or do you work with individuals as well? Both. I mean, sometimes I'll get brought in for the, for the organization. Sometimes I'll get brought in for the team. Sometimes I'll get brought in for an individual. And I, I, I won't necessarily work with an individual in isolation because they usually are part of a, of a, of a larger construct. Everything's connected. <laughs> You know, the, whether it's uh, the head of the CEO, if you if you go into look at a lot of organizations and you you ask around about what what's the culture like, what's the what's the characteristic and personality like of this organization, mm -hmm. and then you look at the personality and characteristics of the CEO and you're going to hmm, seems quite similar. I wonder where that comes from. You know, and I know I know certain CEOs and business leaders who have a, a focus on one area and a blind spot in another, and that creates different dynamics within the culture. But I love working with the team part and I am with individuals within that as well, because that's where you, you get the, the, the best returns. And that's where you see performance really, really climb and out, outshine the uh, competition. Yeah, for sure. What would you say, and I'm 
curious to know this as well from on a, on a personal note, what is most satisfying to you or, or gratifying about your day to day, what you do when you're helping these organizations? It's, it's just seeing where you, where you really help an individual or a team break through new ground, whether it's having the difficult conversation, whether it's helping people realize that then they don't have to be anchored to their past. They can, you know, they can set, really can do some work and set themselves free from it. It's getting people to see the forest from the trees and just looking at a different perspective. And just helping people unlock some of that energy is 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 no greater no greater thing, and I and I and I love it. You know, you know, I've got emails from people that I haven't seen for clients I haven't seen for five years, and they'll they'll get an email out of the blue from them every now and again, going, "Just wanted to say, I always reflect on our time back then," and you know, brilliant, love it. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff there you can't pay for like there's no substitute right for that that feeling that you get from that yeah exactly all right and closing up here when i think about a performance coach i've always imagined it as someone who can come in and you know kind of like uh, troubleshoot some of the problems and and uh, patch up but from talking with you it seems like you don't just do that you also kind of level up or um you know try to enhance the whole the whole system by diagnosing and then upgrading a few of the pieces. So by that uh, notion, what would be your, your number one kind of recommendation you would give to people who are interested in leveling up their performance, but maybe they're, you know, for one reason or another, they haven't quite broken through that, that spot. Well, for me, it's about go and speak to somebody who you think can help you. And, you know, whether it's me or, or whoever else, it's come and have a conversation because to, to get things leveled up or make a change requires a lot of energy, you know, and, and, and the things that my clients say to me is that they feel that I become one of the team, you know, because I, I put all my energy into it because I want my clients to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, I don't want my clients to, to get it wrong and, and, and fail. No, nobody likes that. <laughs> And it requires a lot of energy. It's, it, it's asking clients to be brave, but they need to know that they've got some support along that journey because being brave without support can be dangerous and it can usually come to an end pretty quickly because the people don't know where to go. If we were going on a long journey, you can be as brave as you want, but if you haven't got the mountain guides and the, the people with the right equipment, then you know, you're not going to get very far. So it's being smart about it. And I would just encourage people, you know, think of yourself as a professional athlete or a classical, you know, superb performer as a musician, a dancer, whatever. I know not everybody doesn't necessarily assimilate with the, the sports connection, but whatever you're really good at, think of the, the things that you like watching and, and seeing around you. As I say, it might be sport, it might be dance, it might be whatever. All of those people have been coached. All of those people have sought out how to get better. Mm -hmm. And getting better doesn't mean that you're worse or bad. It just means that you may not know your full potential. And if mm -hmm. we can click into that and unlock that, you won't look back. You'll be down the road. Mm -hmm. um, and, and for me as a coach, I, I have a coach. I've always had a coach. I've, I've had different coaches for different stages of, of my development. And 
I realize I've got a long way to go. I want to continually get better at what I do. And I, and I know I need some external input for that. It's, you know, we're, we're it's a bit like we're a pencil and we can use the pencil for a while, but it, it gets it gets blunt and we need to just sharpen that again mm -hmm. so we can go again and, 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 and deliver what we need to deliver. But, and work out how do we look after ourselves? You know, if you're a psychotherapist, you have to be in psychotherapy. So mm -hmm. why as a performance coach, would I not require a performance coach to help me? Yeah, absolutely. Do you have a most memorable moment that what do you, when you look back on your career that spans over a decade? Yeah, I mean, there's just so many, whether it's doing a keynote speech in front of 500 to know, 1,500 people to just being in a boardroom where, oh, there's a couple actually, being in a boardroom and and the, the CEO was saying something and everybody was going, mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> and I knew everybody didn't believe it. So I just, and excuse my French, I am going to use a swear word here. I just said, what part of that bullshit do you actually believe? And everybody just burst out laughing. <laughs> um, and, and he went, what do you mean? It was like, and it was, it was just, it just broke the ice. And he went, actually, I don't mean that at all. And it, and it changed the, changed the conversation. Another one was, I, I, I was working with a team, it's quite a big team, uh, 13, 14 people. And I was thinking, I'd, I'd, I'd done some one-to-one -one interviews beforehand and I got the, the data. And I was thinking, how am I going to play this back to the team? And so I split the PL guys from the support services guys. And I had the PL guys and I said, right, the answer is in this envelope. Do you want it at the start or the beginning of the session? They're like, start, start. <laughs> so I handed it to the CEO. And, and they opened it and it said, fire your HR director. And everybody's like, you, you can't do that. Ah, you know. And I said, hold on a minute. In your one-to-one -one interviews, all of you said that they were the most dangerous person in this organization. And they all went, what, you think that as well? And they hadn't had the ability to have that conversation because there was so much fear around what this person could do. And, and they actually lent into it and they, they got rid of them and it changed the whole organization. So just having that, that one key there to unlock that was um, uh, wonderful for that, for that business and the people there. Well, that's, yeah. Thank you for sharing your, your experiences. I mean, personally, I could sit here and listen to your stories. I'm sure you have a couple <laughs> dozen of them at least over the years. Oh, one or two, one or two. I also, I would be remiss if I didn't mention your, your book that you've written, the handbook for successful people or for, sorry, for exceptional people. Exceptional people. Yeah. Yeah. That was written a lot time ago but yeah <laughs> <laughs> i've read it i think it's a great read for you listeners you. out there you should grab a copy if you can it's it's it is definitely it'll add some value and it'll add, give you the kind of kind of um, a platform to to then spring from and and develop yourself so definitely should pick that up and jez where can people get a hold of you if they're interested in, in contacting you or getting in touch please go to my website which is www.jezcartwright.com and feel free to email me or, or contact me on any of the numbers on the website. Be delighted to talk. And uh, I'm, I'm currently sitting in London, but uh, having just done three months in, in Mexico and various other places, uh, I do travel a lot. So if it's a while before I get back to you, please think I may be asleep or, or on an airplane. Um, so, and I hope everybody's doing really well and staying safe. So thank you. Yeah. All right. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Jez Cartwright, a very established performance coach. Thank you again, Jez, for, for coming on today. And Pleasure. 
I'm sure we'll, we'll keep in touch and hopefully people now have a little bit more ammunition to, to level up their performance. Look forward to it. Thanks, Ryan. So ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Jez Cartwright. If you want to contact him, his website is simply jezcartwright.com or you can connect with him on LinkedIn. And as he mentioned, he'd be more than happy to chat and see if he can help you add some value and, and level up your performance. All right, everyone, that just about does it for today. Uh, my name is Ryan Warner, your host, coach, and director for Professional Presentation Services. Thank you for listening. And if you want to contact us, it's service at professionalpresentationservices.com. And until next time, we wish you the best of luck in your future speaking endeavors. Mm-hmm.